Go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You always think the league cup. Newcastle Hunters home rugby league. Welcome back to another episode of League Castle. We are getting deep into the business end of the rugby league season and we have made it all this far thanks to the great team at Sharp DS Central Coast. They have carried us on their shoulders throughout season 2023 and we are eternally grateful for their support. Uh, We really appreciate them being the major partner of the show this season. Of course, they bring us all of your content across the show. We also partner with... Lake Macquarie Forklift Services for all your Group 21 and Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League action. And Shipley Meets at Rutherford, they support us when it comes to the Denton Engineering Cup. And Sharp Deer Central Coast, our major sponsor, also the sponsor of our Central Coast Rugby League segment and Lake Macquarie Forklift Services supporting Josh Spiegelman, our stats man and the stats man performers of the week and year respectively. So... We thank all of those businesses and they've been great partners uh, ongoing with our show and we look forward to partnering with them for much more time to come. We've had a uh, abbreviated round of Newcastle Rugby League. No Newcastle and Hunter Rugby League on the weekend, so not a lot of action to talk about. The Statsman and I will pull apart the Denton Engineering Cup performances and the best performers from each of the teams from a statistical point of view. We'll also run through the scores. We'll have a little bit of chat about the tipping as well. Uh, of course, you can stay up to date with all of these pieces, our teams of the week, etc., on our social media, League Castle AU on Instagram, League Castle AUS on Facebook. And make sure if you are out and about at the grounds and you see myself or Josh around the grounds, come and say hello, give us a chat, give us some feedback, let us know what you think, how we can improve the show. Uh, if you want to tell us that it's wonderful and it couldn't be improved and it's absolutely amazing and it's five years of your life that you wish you could keep reliving on loop, then do that too, but we'll probably tell you to uh, ease up a little bit. Uh, in terms of this week's show, we have a couple of guests coming on after we catch up with Josh. We're going to chat to the milestone man from the high-flying South Newcastle Lions. Ten on the trot for them, 100 games for him. Ryan Glanville is his name. He is a well-known name to many in the Newcastle Rugby League circles and a surname that is well-known to many in Newcastle football circles, both nights and locally. And uh, we're looking forward to having RG back on the show. We're also going to chat to Hudson Bell ahead of the Newcastle Hunter Community Rugby League Southern Conference top of the table clash between the Morpeth Bulls and the Stockton Sharks this Saturday afternoon at Morpeth. It's going to be an absolute belter as well. So it'll be one of the picks of the round to get out to. But without too much uh, further delay, let's kick it all off and sit down and chat all things numbers, maths, and all things associated with the stats of rugby league with the stats man, Josh Spiegelman. All right, well, it's that time of the week again that we get things underway. Thanks to Lake Macquarie Forklift Services with the Statsman's Performers of the Week. He is the navigator of all things numerology and statistics. Well, numerology, not quite. Numbers. It's late at night. It's been a long day already. Uh, Josh Spiegelman, good to have you back, mate. Good to be back, Chris. It was a um, it was a short shortened weekend in first grade four games, but um, plenty of good numbers put up, and it was still hard to get in the team of the week. 
as we'll go through a bit later with all the numbers. Um, yeah, tricky conditions across across most of the game. You, you had a front row seat to one of them, but probably the the least windy of the of the four actually. But yeah, ready to dive in, mate. And um, I guess we should mention yeah, huge week around the league as we mentioned on the post night off week, as well as um, Lakes United's great cause for Emma's Warriors and um, RG the guest on the show big hundredth milestone. Yeah, a few milestones around the league. Uh, we had NAIDOC celebrations up at Tomaree. Uh, yeah, um, a few of the other clubs getting behind that as well. As you said, Emma's Warriors, great to see the first grade boys from Lakes donating their match payments. That was a lovely gesture from them. Um, so, yeah, great to see just everyone getting behind. A lot of really good causes that are so close to the rugby league community's heart. And throw in some um, pretty handy games of football, uh, probably... The, the tightest of them was the one that was probably least predicted to be tight, but we'll get to that in a moment, mate. Uh, let's kick it off with the uh, the most comprehensive victory, which, again, was probably the most surprising in terms of if you had to say which game's going to be the biggest margin. This one might have been a uh, fair way down your list, or you might have even thought that the away side might have got away with it. 54-10, to 10, Lakes putting in their best showing of the season in their Emma's Warriors kit and Emma's Warriors game. Mate, uh, it was a, a Seagulls clinic like the... Uh, the Seagulls uh, of Premiership years gone by. It definitely was, mate. Um, yeah, Central come out here, made a few unforced errors, and they were against that really tricky wind in the first half as well, uh, which Lakes capitalised on, got some chances, and they obviously, with the scoreline suggests, converted those chances. And I'd say it was a bit of an ambush by Lakes. As you mentioned, mate, not many people would have, would have tipped this scoreline. And I know in our tipping comp, I think the majority actually tipped Central outright. So um, Lakes definitely lifted here, as we mentioned there. Emma's Warriors initiative and um, yeah, Central, mate, they were just off the pace in this one and they're going to look to improve to close out the season uh, to end on more of a high note, I'd say, um, based on this this performance. Yeah, I, I would suggest both sides will be uh, looking to cause some carnage on the way home now that they're out of finals contention. I mean, Central, the old mathematical, they're only six points out of fifth place, but uh, with teams having buys and different things and, you know, the for and against being a uh, better 260 24-point differential. Uh, they need to win every game by about 60 and hope the entrants lose everything by 20 or something like that on quick maths. So uh, it would be challenging, that is for sure, mate. But uh, with that many points, 64 points in total, we've been treated to points in the last few weeks. Uh, I'm sure there is plenty of stats to crunch. There is, mate. Um, I don't have any uh, statistical honourables for Central, unfortunately, this one. I think it's one that the team 1-17 through 17 would like to forget. We'll just note that um, their two try scorers were Ethan Campbell and Fletcher Kennedy, but yeah, no, no uh, statistical standouts amongst the team this week. Um, as the scoreline suggests, mate, there are plenty of Lakes boys to go through, all of which made the um, the ones I run through. Actually, all, all of them, six of them, have made the, the first team of the week, which is a great effort. So um, young Jesse, Jesse Pascoe there, their winger, uh, was really good. I'm not sure if it was debut, debut or not. I haven't seen him before, um, as I can recall. Uh, scored a try, 165 metres from 11 runs, 15 metres of carry, two tackle busts. He's built low to the ground, but he's a real powerhouse for their mates, so he's one to watch on the wing there. Uh, a little further infield, you've got Charlie Muir in second row. I thought he had a good game. Scored the try, two, two line breaks, four tackle busts. 97% on defense, which is very impressive, uh, 130 meters, which is great. Um, and then the guy that closest to, to a point uh, for me, Nick Glowey, just ever reliable in the middle, mate. 24 carries, so that's pushing the record again there by a couple. 219 meters, a line break, a tackle bust, 23 tackles, did not miss a single one at 100% and nearly scored a try, but unfortunately got pinged for 
I think it was a double movement or a knock-on, I can't remember, but a tremendous stat line from Nick, and, and that epitomised the effort of the Lakes United outfit. Yeah, certainly, uh, as always, he's right there amongst it when they perform well. But uh, there were three men who outpointed him, mate. Uh, one name that we normally see uh, racking up points in a different colour, but uh, he's been a uh, solid performer for them this year. That's right, mate. In one point here, we have Mitch Williams of the Lakes United variety winding back the clock, showing he's still definitely got it, mate. Scored a double in this game, two line breaks, six tackle busts, 91 metres at 10.1 metres of carry. It's great to get over the 10 mark and also 92% defence. So hard to split him and Nick for the one point, but I thought those attacking stats are beautiful. So well done to Mitch. Um, it's got it all made dancing moves and attacks, so oh, good stuff. That's what I was about to say. We haven't seen him with moves like that since he was caught on bar TV, uh, busting the dance moves. And uh, unfortunately for Mitch, that's probably uh, one of this alongside that will be uh, two of the things that his season's remembered for. But uh, yeah, if anyone needs any dancers for their end of year celebrations, we know where to look. But don't write him off just yet. He'll, uh, he's got a few games to uh, put in some decent showings over the next few weeks, and I'm sure he'll continue to show why uh, he's still got a... Uh, a few more solid years in him, and hopefully for the Seagulls' cause and for him being back at his junior club, uh, that's a few more years in the blue and gold. Yeah, hopefully, mate. I don't know if I'm making things up, but I thought I saw that he might be retiring at the end of this year, but maybe, I, maybe I'm just making things up, too many news items going through my head. But um, let's hope he sticks around in, in the Lakes United colours. Um, we'll move on to the two points. Uh, we're going into the halves now for Lakes. Uh, Jack Kelly, tremendous game. Uh, scored a try, kicked nine goals from nine attempts in windy conditions. Um, that is according to the uh, Player Rugby League as well as a footage. Um, a try assist, two line break assists, so tremendous effort there. Um, did what he had to do and uh, partnered the next guy who cleaned up with three points with a tremendous stat line. And this was um, undebatable for me. This uh, Dylan, uh, Dylan Pithian, four try assists, four line break assists, three try contributions. So he had a hand in seven of their nine tries. Obviously, the try contribution for the listeners is that key touch prior to the um, the try assist itself, the key last touch. So, great effort from Dylan. And he also had a forced dropout, a 40-20 in, in these tricky, windy conditions as well. You've got to remember, two forced errors in defense and 119 metres running the ball. Um, he's done it all there. So, well done to Dylan. He certainly has. He's uh, been a key performer for them when he's been available this season and continues to do so. And no surprise, he's leading the way when they come out on top in such a comprehensive result. Um, He is continuing to dominate and he's a a key part of that team and will be moving forward. But uh, that's the first of four games, mate. Uh, As we said, a, uh, a slightly reduced card. Next up, the inner city rivalry. We'll talk to RG13 after his 100th game uh, shortly. Uh, as always, he's right there in the mix as South's run-out winners 28 points to 12 over their inner-city rivals, Western Suburbs. And if I'm not mistaken, mate, that's 10 in a row for the Lions. It is, mate. And um, first time they've done that in a while, the Lions. It's a great, great effort um, to do that in this competition. And we'll just make a note at the top here that Wests were unsurprisingly without Luke Walsh injured for this one. And also, no Steve Witters. I wasn't aware that he was um, having the week off, so hopefully he's okay. As well, as you touched on, Maple South, yeah, huge effort from Ryan Glamber with his 100th game. That's a great achievement, no matter which way you slice it. And he certainly came out to play from the get-go in this one, mate. He had two 40-20s in the first half. Um, I don't crawl like the his- history of that stat, but from the top of my head, he's probably the first player to have two and a half um, in one half of football in this competition for a fair while. 
Um, but yeah, both teams were in this game, mate. Um, I think South has had that extra touch of class in, in, in the key moments, despite a pretty poor completion rate. So this is a thing you've seen for South a couple of games in their 10-win streak. They haven't completed at the highest level, but they're still getting the job done. And putting up some decent points, mate, so that's scary if they can nail down those that error rate um, heading into the business end. I think they'll need to as well against teams like Maitland, but they definitely have that in them, mate. So one to watch there. Um, and the final note, uh, Tyler Moody, their fullback, uh, West's fullback rather, uh, had a had a bad-looking knee injury at the end of the game. He was playing well prior to that, mate, so we wish him all the best. We certainly, we certainly do. We don't like to see uh, injuries in the game. Unfortunately, it is a, a very real part of our wonderful game of rugby league. But, um, yeah, we'll, uh, I guess, continue to watch this space and hopefully see Tyler back next round. But, uh, yeah, as you say, and I, I called him RG13. He was RG6 on the weekend in game 100, mate, so I should uh, probably just uh, brush up on that. He's RG versatile, mate. He's named in a few jerseys this year, so he does the job wherever he's named. Um, we'll move along to the honourables here. We have a few from West to mark off first, and we'll start with that man we just mentioned, Tyler Moody. He had a try assist with a, with a great ball uh, to the winger there and two line break assists. That's uh, good work from Tyler. Fraser Price uh, for West as well was ever reliable as usual. 90% on defense, a try assist, two line break assists and a line break contribution. Um, Jake Goodwin, we've mentioned him nearly every podcast. Great work rate again. 16 carries for 141 meters, a line break, uh, 23 tackles at 88%. Always dangerous. Uh, we'll move on to some South boys here. Lewis Hamilton, uh, probably the closest to getting a point for me with a try. 112 meters, a line break, three tackle busts. 34 tackles at 97%. It was great work rate on defense. Just a few errors there knocked him off the points at the end, but a tremendous job nonetheless from Lewis. Uh, you got Reeve Howard, their fullback, uh, scored a try himself, 101 metres at 12.6 a carry. A line break, 24 tackles at 89%. Quite fullback, uh, 24 tackles it was quite good. A lot of defense on the line there as well. And um, last but not least, Jacob Athwick, not Justin, as my graphic says. Sorry about that, boys. I've done that about three separate times over the years now. Justin is, of course, injured on the sidelines. Jacob is the winger, and he was very busy. 16 runs, 131 metres, three tackle busts. It was a great effort with ball in hand. And uh, I will just mention Jacob Athwick listed for a sin bin, mate. Um, he, he doesn't mind uh, challenging the referees sometimes, Jacob. <laughs> He doesn't, mate, but um, yeah, that's even, I guess, impressive enough to get those 16 carries in 70 minutes of action is um, is a good effort, but yeah, no, no points this week for Jacob. No, certainly not, mate, but uh, again, South continue that winning run. It sets up, as we'll talk about with um, Ryan Glanville in a little bit, a very juicy 1v2, uh, even with the round to come between Maitland and South on Sleepy's Day. Isn't that going to be an absolute cracker? Mate, I would um, kill to be there. I'm looking at the dates. So I've just got to figure out. Obviously, they, yeah, that's the five. We got five full games that round, so it might be tough for me to get up and work from Newcastle. Um, but it is a Saturday, so maybe work some magic. Anyway, we will see. Um, we'll bring it back to this game, mate. We'll go into the points. Uh, we've got the South winger here, um, Marshall Singh. Hat trick of tries, two line breaks, two tackle busts, 134 meters, which actually topped the team. Um, and a forced error on defence with a great tackle over the sideline. So well done to Marshall, filling in nicely for Harry Van Dyle, who he got injured last week or last last game, I think. So hopefully Harry is back, but Marshall's doing a good job filling in. 
And we'll move on to the two points, and I'm going to give it to one of the West centres, and that is Heath Gibbs. He's really been great for them since he's come back down from Q Cup. He scored a try, two line breaks, 11 tackle busts, which is really hard to handle there for the South defence, 165 metres, which led their entire team from 15 runs, and 91% on defence. So um, he's definitely showing why he is capable of playing at a high level. He certainly is. Uh, we can see what he's brought back from there, mate. That is for sure. Hey, 100%, mate. He um, should get another crack, hopefully. But we'll move on to the three points, and it's the man, the myth, the legend. not really the myth, but Ryan Glanville, um, 100th game, three points. Couldn't ask for much more of this one, mate. Two try assists, a try contribution, a line break assist, four offloads, all effective. Some of those came really late in the tackle as well. I'm not saying that the ref should have called held or anything. I'm saying, like... <laughs> <laughs> You're digging yourself a hole, Josh. You're digging yourself a hole. No, 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 no. It's in the sense that um, the defenders, you know, they had their chance to wrap him up multiple times. Maybe he kept driving the legs or, or standing up and, and got that arm free somehow in sometimes three or even four men tackles. So um, he's really got that in his arsenal of weapons, mate, Ryan. Uh, he also kicked the two forty twenties, as I mentioned, and he had two forced errors on defense. So he's done done a lot there uh, with ball in hand, defensively, and kicking as well. So good stuff from Ryan. Yeah, dominated in a milestone game. We like to see it, and we we see it so often. Great to see the guys stepping up when they are in a milestone game, and he'll love that. That was the tenth win on the trot for the club in his hundredth game, and they got the win over West. And as I said, we'll have a chat to him. Shortly in regards to that, but let's keep on moving along and let's head to the final game. It was the Bar TV match of the round. The Cessnock Goannas hosted the Entrance Tigers, and this one was a bit of a uh, an asterisk game for a lot of people. A toss of the coin, if you will, mate, but the Entrance ran out what reflected on the scoreboard. Reasonably comfortable winners in the end, 30 points to 14, five tries to three. Uh, they'll take lots of confidence from this one, mate, uh, in terms of heading into the back end of the season. Oh, they definitely will, mate. It's obviously a tough job going to test not no matter who you're playing as in the, the who's on the team list on the day. And we'll touch on a bit of team news first. So really unfortunate that um, good friend of the show, Harry O'Brien, suffered a bad injury in the second half, um, possible ACL, he mentioned. So that's no good for Harry. We hope it's not. Um, obviously, yeah, great, great on the field and wish him a speedy recovery whatever the diagnosis is. Uh, Sides from Harry, uh, Cessnock came into the match without uh, big names. Hanetti Tua, White Shaw, Corey Barber, and of course their captain Harry Syker for the match. So four big outs prior to the game. And I'll definitely need them all back um, to have a crack in the finals, I think, against sides like Mayland and South. Uh, just a few notes from the game, mate. Entrance opened the scoring in this one um, through their winger McDonald on the end of a, of a pass from the ageless Grant Nelson, mate. He's still got so much speed in the centre position. He burnt his defender there, created an overlap. So I hope to see Grant continue to go around for the entrance in years to come. I uh, thought entrances, um, early offloads and second phase play also got them on the front foot in this game. There are a fair few ineffective tackles from Cessnock around the park and, and they came out the entrance and they completed 10 from 10 to start the game as well. So... Uh, that's that's credit to their halves, McInnes and Richie, who have come along. McInnes has definitely stepped up, mate, not only with the completions, but he forced a few errors from the Cessnock backs with some big kicks up in the wind, windy conditions, and um, ended up with the entrance going up 18-0, mate. So uh, Cessnock did get back to 18-14 after um, some sustained pressure from their own kicking game, forcing some dropouts. But, but yeah, just... Um, well done, entrance mate. Close icing the win, closing it out, getting a really valuable two points at Cessna. 
Yeah, they certainly did. Uh, it's not an easy place to go and visit, and that was a crucial win, especially in that um, sort of battle for fourth and fifth that those two sides are, I guess, shaping up for at the moment, the way things sit. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's not two bites at the cherry, but home field advantage in that uh, elimination game could be very crucial for whoever finishes on top in that race, uh, I guess, barring some uh, abnormal or surprise or upset results, depending on whether you're talking to Jack Welsh or not as to what's an upset. Um but, uh, yeah, mate, it's uh, a big win for them and I'm sure they'll have taken a lot of confidence away from it, uh, even though the scoreboard might have, um, you know, potentially just flattered them a touch. But, again, two points is two points at this time of the year. Oh, you'll take it every day, mate. Yeah, 100%. Um, we'll move on to the Honourables quickly and a couple of entrance boys. Uh, Grant Nelson, who we mentioned, scored that a try himself, a line break assist and a try assist with that movement I mentioned earlier, three tackle busts. Jake Woods, one of their most impressive, probably the closest to, to edging into the points there with 19 carries, which is a team high, 155 metres, two tackle busts, a try assist, a line break contribution and 25 tackles. Kyle McLean, their centre, who's been a great signing this year, scored a try, had four tackle busts, a line break assist, five offloads and 139 metres. And then two Cessnock boys, uh, the two front rows who, who got a place in the second team of the week uh, off the bench, Caleb Garvey, and Jai C, or JC, sorry, um, really great impact uh, for Cessnock. So Garvey had 10 runs for 109 metres. C had um, 140 metres from 10 runs, uh, 100% defence and 93% defense, uh, defence, respectively, for the pair. Um, they're they're going to prove very important to their finals chances. And then Harry O'Brien, before his nasty injury, had a try and a line break, 11.5 metres a run um, before that injury. So wish him all the best. But we will move into the points and uh, edging out Jake Woods was a Cessnock forward and that was Brent Mendike. I thought he was fantastic, a lock, all effort this game. Scored a try with just an individual individual run. It was really good effort there. 141 metres from 14 carries to top the forwards. Eight tackle busts, a line break, 27 tackles at 93%. So Brent is really a versatile, important piece of that Cessnock team. He certainly is, um, and uh, just, you know, continues to add value to the side in terms of uh, what he gives, I guess, too, in terms of being uh, a lesser name to some of the more well-known names in that team, but uh, a guy that's come through the juniors there and has been a a crucial part of that team and continues to add uh, plenty of value for uh, undoubtedly what he's on there at Cessnock, but uh, that's only the start of the points, my friend. It is, mate. We'll move on to the two points, and it's actually another Cessnock player, so they've they've got the one and the two in this game. Uh, statistically speaking, Braden Musgrove was their best for me with a try, uh, team high 17 runs and a team high 161 metres, eight tackle busts like Mendike and a line break as well. But he also had five offloads, a try assist, a line break assist and 100% on defence. I thought he was their toughest to handle for the entrance. And then we'll go on to the three points made and also the Newcastle Rugby League playoff, the game and round. TJ McLean got the start at hooker for the first time, I think, for the entrance, or one of the first times. Just tremendous, mate. Two tries, two line breaks, seven tackle busts, 9.8 metres of carry, 29 tackles at 91%. Really, really shifty in the middle there, hard to handle, and he adds another dynamic element um, that I think they might need with the with their two first-choice halves out for the season. Yeah, he certainly uh, adds something a little bit different there in terms of the look they had on Saturday, and you touch on it, they've got the... Uh I guess the two ends of the spectrum in the halves with Adam McInnes with all his experience and then 
uh, young Hayden Ritchie, um, I think he only debuted sort of in, early, in maybe early June this year in first grade, but he's taken to it quite well. But again, just having that bit of, uh, I guess, a different agility and different looks that they can roll out at nine will give them some some options, mate. Uh, and they're going to need it, as you say, as they head into the finals to take on those top few sides. But that's the third of our games. But let's head to Sunday. And it's a game that I had, uh, as you said, front row seats for. And it was a cracking game uh, after... Uh, the day was launched with the NADOC celebrations, with the smoking ceremony and the dances, etc. there at uh, Tomaree. But it was Wyong who had the uh, two points when they left Tomaree Sports Ground. 28 points to 16, they ended up running out winners over the Northern Hawks, but certainly a, uh, a Northern Hawks side that had plenty of fight in them. Yeah, they did, mate. It was a pretty physical performance from the Hawks there. They lifted for this event, uh, but they've been doing this all season as well, mate. They start physically and... You know, newcomers to first grade, they drop off a bit as the match goes on and, and lose the rock, whether that be Wong starting slow and then coming back in the second half and, and improving that element of their game. So, um, yeah, I think that's where, where they won the game there. Uh, I did really enjoy a really, really good centre matchup in this one, Tamano Alexander versus um, Lathan Hutchinson-Walters, who've both been killing it this season, both really powerful centres at their game, the big bodies. Um Especially as we were robbed of seeing um, Kai Cooper there for the Hawks. He went off injured after an intercept, actually, and Sharpie chased him down. Uh, didn't see the second half of the game, which was a shame for the Hawks, but uh, and actually caused some defensive issues as they had to reshuffle out there as well, which Wyong definitely took advantage of uh, in that second half. So we'll move into the honourables, mate, and the two boys from the Hawks, I uh, thought, stood out honourably. Um, that is Tamano Alexander, one of them with a try, a line break, six tackle busts, 105 metres at 9.5 a run, 92% defence, one forced error. I think Latham, Hudson's and Walters will take some good lessons out of coming up against Tamanu in this one, and, and he'll only grow from that himself. He didn't have a bad game by any means, but it's not every every week you come up against a centre such as Tamanu Alexander and the, the quality he possesses. Another strong ball runner for the Hawks was Henry Penn, their uh, journeyman second rower. Five tackle busts and offload, 146 metres and 9.7 a run in the second row with a try contribution, a line rate contribution. 93% defence, 26 tackles, all-round great effort. We'll move on to a couple of Wyong boys for the Honourables. Uh, Lathan Hutchinson-Walters, mate, he did, he, he did accrue 165 metres and 16 carries, uh, but only two tackle busts, which is which is below, I guess, his general bullocking averages, so he's well handled by Tamano in some effect, but still a great, a great work rate with the carries. Uh, talking of work rates, you've got Nathan Keg-King, 19 carries for 171, which was a team high for both stat categories, 36 tackles at 92%, which was also a team high, so he's made a team high on both sides of the ball really close to getting a point. And um, Cooper Begeni, their centre on the other side, scored a double with two line breaks and five tackle busts. While their lock forward, Brock Molan, was great with a try. A line break was his first try of the season. Two tackle busts, 9.4 metres of carry and 25 tackles at 96% was um, great for them in the middle. Uh, well done to all of those boys, but they were just edged out for the one point by Quincy Ross, the Hawks lock forward slash prop. Scored a try with a line break, 16 carries for 131 metres. Uh, what impressed me the most, though, 34 tackles at 94% against a really good Wyong middle. 
Then you've got in the two points, and even more impressively in the middle here, was Jack Langdon at um, hooker in number 14 for the Hawks. Small body, but did uh, had a really good defensive work rate. Played 80 minutes, 39 tackles at 95%, which is great. Then you couple that with a try, a try assist, a line break assist, and a line break, two tackle busts and 9.3 metres a run. That's a tremendous all-round performance from Jack. So well done to Jack and Quincy for the two and one. Certainly uh, some good performances from some emerging Hawks stars there, but unsurprisingly, it's a man who lights up regularly for the Wyong Roos and will be a big part of discussions and calculations when it comes to our team of the year and potentially our player of the year award for the stats man. He's going to be right there if he keeps up these sorts of performances. This man has been uh, a key element to Wyong and the reason they're sitting in the top three thus far in season 2023. He will indeed, mate. That's none other than Luke Sharp. And, um, I thought I'd seen the high point of the week after um, Dylan, Dylan Pithian for Lakes had four try assists. Luke has topped him with five try assists, five line break assists, four tackle busts, a forced dropout, two offloads, both effective, one try save, as I mentioned, on, on Cooper, 160 metres at 10.7 a carry. I mean, the five try assists would get you the three points alone, so... Well done to Luke. He's um, yeah, shaping nicely to be in this Statman team of the year at the very least, that's for sure. Yeah, he certainly is, mate. Uh, I'm still waiting for my stats from that game for run metres, although I don't think I've got into frame yet from that intercept try, so it uh, might make it a <laughs> bit hard for you. Uh, yeah, that was um, I was going the other way. I thought Wyong were going in there, and then all of a sudden Kaya reached out, and away he went. Uh, and it was, as you say, it was a bit, uh, bit uh, deflating for the Hawks fans to see him hobble off straight after that. Uh, in terms of it, and uh, young Cooper Beginney uh, certainly made the most of it by getting a double. But again, Sharpie, a standout for Wyong as he is so many or has been so many times this year and in, in years gone past. Oh, yeah, mate. He's um, their X Factor, isn't he? Well, they've got a few now. Lathan's emerged. He's the powerhouse X Factor. Sharpie's the, the man with spiders all over him. He's um, really hard to tackle there. He didn't get a hand on. So. Um, he'll be really important to their finals chances. But they are building a nice young young core outside of him. You know, Keg King's come a long way and Lathan too, but they're, they're earmarked for high honours, I think. So it'd be dependent on if Wyong can retain going forward. But we will see, mate. And that brings us to the end of the shortened game week for first grade. Uh, obviously, the leaderboard is behind closed, closed doors now for those counting at home. I hope you have your pen and papers out. But we can move on to the leaderboard that is public, and that is the tipping, if you want. We certainly can, mate. Uh, by the sound of it before, not a lot picked Lakes, so uh, Lakes fans might have made a bit of a move this week. Yeah, there are a couple of movers and shakers. Um, Frank maintains his lead on 69 there. Then we have a, a three-way tie for second place between Crello, Linz, and myself on 66. Um, and then we have... <laughs> Eat Your Voodoo 1, <laughs> 64, great name. Woodsy, 1968 on 63. And then Butterfield dropped to 62. So I got some inf- inside info that Butterfield actually had some surgery and forgot to put his um, tips in a few weeks. So I'll excuse him for the slide and hope he recovers quickly uh, from that. Well, that would answer both our questions. One about his tipping and two about why he's not in the reserve grade side anymore. Um, unfortunately, the Maitland reserve grade side didn't get a game on the weekend. One of three forfeits in the lower grades. But anyway, we'll leave that well enough alone. He's going to need some big work, his butts, to uh, get home over the last few rounds. We've got 15 games remaining. And by that maths, he needs to close. Well, he needs to get eight more games, eight more points than Frank 
um, or some bonus rounds or a bit of a bit of both in terms of coming home with a wet sail. So it's crazy to think that we've come this far. 15 games remaining. Uh, South, Central and Wong all have a bye to come. And it's, yeah, it's going to be an exciting race to see where everyone finishes in this top five. And I'm sure the uh, the other side sitting outside the top five would love to be spoilers. I know Curry are eyeing a chance. They would absolutely love to knock off one of these top sides. And they've got two of the top five over the next couple of weeks. And they'd love to be spoilers. And the rest of the sides there too would love to finish with um, some more credit in the bank and as high on the ladder as they possibly can, mate. So 15 absolutely cracking games over three weekends. But the good news is... Yourself and all the Newcastle Rugby League fans can put their feet up this week. Yes, we can, mate. We have a bye in first grade, so no work for me. I can um, have a weekend, which would be nice, but uh, I'm sure I'll miss the action and already looking forward to a bumper week 16, mate. And as you mentioned, only three rounds to go. It's kind of sad that it's crept up on us, but really exciting that the, the finals will be shortly underway where it's all to play for. And it almost seems a little disappointing that the Knights are on Friday night on the weekend that there's no Denton Engineering Cup. It seems a bit odd, but anyway, that's just the way things work. The NRL doesn't look to us. They should, but that's a whole other story for another day. Uh, I'm guessing that's a bit tough on you, mate. You might have to um, spend a weekend with your lovely other half. <laughs> well, yes, I've already roped her into that classic Knights game between the Knights and the Tigers this Friday. So. What a punish. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they can do, do a, bull, a display like they did against the Bulldogs, mate. Um, you know, the Tigers put in what they did against the Cowboys. Uh, that'd be nice. Average of 70. We will see, but it'll be good to spend, I guess, a night up back home with the folks and um, have, a, have a, a relaxed Saturday, Sunday without too much work on the plate. So I might actually be able to do some of uh, my nine to five as well. So. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we won't mention your employer on here because we don't want them getting wind of uh, what you just said. But, uh, mate, all I can say is I watched the Tigers live on Thursday night and um, they stayed close somehow, sort of-ish, but it wasn't a great game to watch. But the great news was we did see, and I messaged you on Thursday night, West Newcastle, Rosellas Jr., Will Smith, making his return to the NRL this time for the West Tigers. And... He looked to be one of their better players out there. So it's always good when we've got someone coming through again, continuing to show what the pathway we've got here is. Oh, definitely, mate. He's, he's so talented. And um, so many boys in the league that we cover. I wish I could cover the Reggies in 19. I'm sure there's a lot more coming through. But, um, yeah, we definitely need more eyes on this comp from a higher level, mate. Um, people deserve chances. That They certainly do, mate. Well, you enjoy your weekend off. Uh, I may, depending on my movements, may cross paths with you at the football. The rare sighting of two league castle hosts in one one uh, location. It tends to only happen at night to night to Newcastle Rugby League games, but that makes sense. But, uh, mate, enjoy the weekend off. Uh, everyone else, if you're not already, get down to a Newcastle and a Hunter Rugby League game. There's plenty of those. Central Coast, Group 21. There's still plenty of other footy on. But otherwise, for those of you who are enjoying the weekend off, enjoy the weekend off, and uh, I look forward to getting into the further into the show, and I look forward to talking to you in two weeks' time, Josh. Thanks, Chris. Have a good one, everyone. Well, thanks to Shipley Meats at Rutherford, it's time to dig into the Denton Engineering Cup and we thought who better to get on than the milestone man himself. 100 games on the weekend for South Newcastle and the win. Ryan Glanville, uh, welcome back to League Castle, mate. Yeah, thanks, mate. Great to be back on again. Oh, we've had a, a real South theme across this uh, this last month or so, mate. Um, we had the brawn, now we've got the brains of the team. We had Simo, now we've got yourself, <laughs> or is it the other way around? I'm not sure. Uh, I think it is the other way around. Just ask you, mate. 
Sim- yeah, well, Simo's the brains and the looks of most operations, he tells me. Um, but so- someone had to step up to um, to take those titles after TC left just for Waratah. Exactly. Simo, I'm sure he's happy to have that title. He certainly would be. Uh, I'm sure it's much quieter at training without Tim, though. Yeah, it is, although um, I'm pretty sure Simo would have touched on it. Harry Van Dartle certainly um, has a bit of word to a few boys. He's um very vocal old HVD on the wing. Yeah, he's, um, he's certainly not a quiet man out there, that's for sure. Um, there's some characters around your side. Both, both wingers actually um, are good for a chat. One of them's a little bit more reserved at first, but once you get him going, uh, Mr. Affleck, he, uh, he warms right into it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think once you get to know Jacob, he, he certainly doesn't mind um, giving a bit of a sledge and whatnot, but he's good to have around the club. He's always given me some very constructive feedback on my refereeing and touch judging, which has always been appreciated too, so that's um, it's always handy. He was doing it again on the weekend. I bet he was. I bet he was. Mate, let's let's talk about the weekend. Um, look, doesn't matter what's happening at Townsend in terms of whether you're having a good year or a bad year, an indifferent one. Beating West is always a nice way to go about spending a um, an afternoon, and certainly would have been a nice way to bring up your hundredth beating the uh, Crosstown Rivals. Yeah, mate, it is. Um, obviously, they're the games you want to be playing. Um, West and South have a great history, and any time you. You come up against them, you know it's going to be a tough game. Um, yeah, and to have it as a milestone game, I guess for myself, it was a little bit more special. Um, and to do it at home, it sounds, and I love playing there, and I don't think too many other people do. So, um, you know, I think see us are happy to be playing at Townsend when we can, and um, yeah, to beat West on the weekend was um, was great for myself and as a club as well. Yeah, certainly. Um a few challenges in the lower grades, which puts a bit of a bump in there. Top two aspirations for for your Reggies and 19s, mate. But uh, nice to uh, cap the day off with the two points in first grade. In terms of it, uh, you know, a few that I've talked to and I, I haven't managed to sit down and, and take in the whole game have said that, you know, while you guys were clinical and continue to do what you've done in terms of putting up plenty of points, uh, West certainly far from disgraced. And although it's probably really made it challenging for them to make the finals. They're certainly a team that can, could still go on a run, and if, if one of those teams sitting in fourth or fifth slip over the next three rounds, they'd be dangerous if they get into finals. Yeah, definitely, mate. I think um, I was speaking to Sony after the game and touched on, I think they're playing everyone above them on the ladder. So um, for them, they've just got to keep winning, which if they get a few boys back from injury, I'm sure they'll be able to do their, their quality outfit and they've got a quality coach. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if they can somehow claw into the top five there, but yeah, it is a tough ask as well. Yeah, they've got some, some key matchups. Those teams all sitting around them, as you say, Central and Macquarie and uh, Wyong as well down at Murray Breen. That one, uh, that could be the almost the deciding factor, that one down at Murray Breen should uh, West win next round. So uh, there's some key games on the way home. That, but interesting to see now the way the ladder's shaped up, mate. It's, it's kind of a, uh, a situation where uh, Maitland, well, they've got their their de- destiny with the minor premiership in their own hands. They're four points clear, then a bit of a gap. Yourselves and Wyong, sort of barring some anomalous results, should be fighting out second and third. Um, but again, if Maitland slip, both have a chance for the minor premiership, and then Cessnock and the entrance similarly just have to lock in their destiny for fourth and fifth. But again, a slip from yourselves or Wyong. Um, so it, it, it's an interesting ladder. There's still some possible movements, but it seems like it's starting to iron out with only a few rounds to go. Yeah, it does, mate. It, it does look like the top five is sort of um, set in stone. It's just about where those sort of teams finish. Um, obviously, we've got to keep winning to, to sort of stay in the hunt for that minor premiership or at least second and third, which I think most clubs are aiming for. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how we go over the next sort of month. 
Yeah, certainly. And um, and we'll get into that in a moment. You'll sort of run home and we'll have a look ahead to next round when you've got the bye in a moment, mate. But in terms of the club at the moment, um, obviously still a couple of players that aren't, um, aren't on deck. But in terms of the run this year, you've had the majority of the squad healthy for the majority of time, which has probably helped with the cohesion and also getting this massive run of wins on track. Yeah, mate, it's been great. Um, I think you sort of need luck on your side there to go on a run like we have. Um, obviously, injuries are part of the game, but we've been fortunate enough not to have too many. And that's probably across the, the club as, as a whole. Um, you know, when you have a strong Reggie's and 19s, you tend to have a pretty strong first-grade team. So um, we got an A-grade side as well, but are doing very well. So I think across the whole board, we're doing well as a club, and that's sort of reflecting on where we are at the moment in terms of each um, sort of grade position on the ladder. Yeah, certainly uh, the Reggies and 19s, even with that loss on the weekend, both sit third in their competition. I think A-grade from memory are third as well, third or fourth. Uh, the girls' side, they've, uh, they're sitting on the cusp of the top five after a couple of rough weeks. So, um, And we talked to Simo about this the other day. You could potentially see all five sides um, potentially heading into finals with a second bite at the Cherry, but definitely heading into finals if they continue their form they've, they've opened the season with. Yeah, mate, exactly. Um, that's obviously what we want to achieve as a club. Um, yeah, you, you start your pre-season early and um, everyone sort of puts down what, what they want to achieve each year. And um, obviously, as a whole club perspective, we want to be making the finals for each each team. And um, it seems like we're on track to do that at the moment. Yeah, certainly. And so we touched on it, uh, obviously, first grade, the bye next week. Um, as for your lower grades, They've got some um, – your Reggies have got the bye as well, but your 19s have – they've got an interesting run home, mate. They uh, they come up against Cessnock that sit below them on the ladder and Maitland that are nipping at their heels. They play Cessnock twice in the last three rounds. So, again, destiny a little bit in their own hands and a chance to maybe go on a bit of a run and lock in that sort of second bite at the cherry for the 19s. Yeah, definitely. Uh, with the 19s, they're, they're probably just looking at getting back the basics and, and just um, grabbing a few wins to end the season into the finals. Um, they're, they're a great side there really enthusiastic at training and you can see that on game day so I think Timmy Ryan will have him ready to go over the next month and I'm sure they'll come home with a wet sail yeah I'm sure they will and uh, in terms of the first and Reggie's boys mate uh, a weekend I guess off next round but uh, it's kind of a a weird scenario in terms of you're heading into a a washout weekend into a weekend off so you've you've, almost three weeks between games how does that feel in terms of momentum yeah, it's an interesting one. I haven't really um, experienced something like it, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, it's sort of hard to say what it'll be like uh, until we do come up against Maitland on Sleepy's Day there. But um, looking at the draw, I think Maitland are pretty similar. I think Maitland just had a buy into a weekend off, and then obviously they've got a game before us. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll probably – I think we've got a, a light session this week, just one session, and then a few days off and just let the boys get away from footy for a bit before we get back into it, which I think will freshen everyone up and sort of get everyone ready to run home. Uh, any activities, mate? I know it's a pretty close-knit community out there, uh, the South boys with the first and Reggie's both having the buy. Is there some sort of, you know, non-footy-related punters club? What's the, what's the story? There's got to be something happening on one of the Saturdays, surely. Uh, I'm sure Jared Flanagan or Jack Welsh should be organising something, but, yeah, we'll see. I think a few boys were planning on going away this weekend, so maybe next week. Might try and go out and watch the 19s and probably end up on the source somewhere, I'd say. Yeah, lovely, mate. And, and in terms of that, mate, um, early tips for best on ground for, um, you know, probably one of the uh, the young, you know, single bachelors. Um, 
you know, uh, who, who's going to be uh, tipping the scales when it comes to those sort of things? Obviously, everyone's going to be very responsible because it's mid-season, but who's, the, who's your standout cool. performer on those sorts of activities? Uh, Jared Flanagan normally holds his head pretty high there. He's, he's a pretty good drinker and, um, yeah, he's pretty renowned for it at the moment. So I think Jared Flanagan will take the cake. Yeah, lovely, mate. Now, in terms of another question, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Mate, uh, we've got, you know, I think we've got at least three females that listen to our show um, and there's a few of them that have previously asked. We had, you know, former South, or current South Newcastle alumni, the illustrious Dwayne Sampson. He's the reigning League Castle Bachelor of the Year. Is there any eligible bachelors floating around, floating around the uh, first or reserve grade that, um, you know, might be catching the girl's eye uh, on a weekend out? Oh, I'd say Jacob Affleck at the moment. He's um, got a bit of spare time on his hands now, but he's been suspended for a few weeks. So uh, I think Jacob Affleck would be your pick, mate. Yeah, certainly. I, I have heard a few comments, and I don't know what his status is, but a, uh, a few comments from a few people, both male and female, about the uh, shirtless Mitch Black uh, chatting to TD in, in a few videos recently, mate. Um, is, is he on the market, or has he been snapped up? No, he's been snapped up. He's um, He's got a lovely partner. He's been there for a few years. So, um, a lot of disappointed yeah, boys and girls up. out there. Exactly, mate. He's one of the best-looking blokes in Newcastle. He certainly is, and um, all I can say about that video is I'm glad TD didn't have his shirt off because that would have been terrifying for a lot of us. Mate, oh, uh, I think he was thinking about it. Yeah, he's, he's always thinking about it. He wants to tell us about his you know, football-playing days and when he had the rig, but anyway, uh, he's got the dulcet tone, so he doesn't need to get the rig out. Mate, let's, let's uh, have a bit of a chat about the, uh, the big game that he's coming up. We talked about it the bye weekend leading into Sleepy's Day. Now, Sleepy's Day is always a huge occasion. Not only is it a huge occasion in terms of everything that the club's built around it and the group's built around it in terms of what it represents with fundraising and all those sorts of things. This year, we're going to head into it first versus second, Maitland versus South. You guys are on this 10-game winning streak. Maitland are the side that we know they've been over the last three years. They've only dropped a couple of games in three seasons. Is this one of the biggest sleepies days that you can remember across your 100 games? Yeah, I think so, mate. Um, yeah, I don't think I've, I've played a sleepy day where it's been 1v2. Um, obviously we all know what Maitland's capable of and what they've been able to do over the last couple of years so we know how tough it's going to be but we're expecting a huge crowd and I'm sure they'll be able to get behind us and hopefully get us home Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's absolutely massive mate. as I said to you off air, I know of a couple of Maitland players that have already got, undoubtedly they've got the Hawks in their mind at the moment but they've got one eye on that I already know a few of the referees are talking about how good it would be to be involved in Sleepy's Day this year. And I know as someone who's refereed and been involved in these sorts of days before, it's certainly always a great occasion. But, mate, when you've got referees, football club, home side and away side all chomping at the bit for this day, you know that's huge in terms of the football, but also in terms of what it represents and being involved in that. And, again, you're playing Maitland in all three grades and all three grades of the the teams are sitting in sort of those top three or four spots. So it should be three absolutely cracking games of footy across the day. Yeah, mate, it's going to be very special. Um, yeah, I think the, the whole club's looking forward to it. Um, same with Maitland. I've spoken to a few of their, their boys and they seem very keen. So I think, um, you know, the footy will be amazing, but um, what the club and what Sleepy does after the game is more special and we're just hoping to get everyone back to the Leeds club and celebrate. Hopefully a win for us, but just celebrate the day. They do such an amazing... Uh, amazing work for such an amazing cause. Um, a lot of people have been affected by cancer and, um, yeah, what Sleepy's been able to do is nothing short of amazing. Yeah, it certainly isn't, mate. And uh, the way the club, and, and not just the club, like there's, there's people that I think don't come out to footy during the year, but they come out to Sleepy's Day, especially from around that area, that know, you know, the likes of Sleepy and those guys that played through South in that era that they did. 
Um, you know, and there'll be a number of people as well with the Knights ties as well, um, with the football manager there whose name is escaping me at the moment, former South player himself. Um, yeah, Pari. Pari, thank you, Peter Parr, and those sorts of yeah. guys as well. He's going to be, yeah, again, on and off the field. I think it'll possibly be one of the biggest ever Sleepy's days. And, uh, yeah, really looking forward to, I guess, what that can contribute to those those great causes that you touched on, mate. Yeah, exactly. It'll be a great day out um, and a great night. Uh, they do very well. They they get the Knights boys involved and they just get the wider community involved. And like you said, people come from far and wide to, to come to this day. And um, we're very fortunate enough as players to be able to play in front of those people. Um, that footy such a small small part of the world. And um, if we're able to play for 80 minutes in front of people that are doing it tough, we're more than happy to. Yeah, and it's certainly going to be a massive day, mate. I think five grades all at home. I think the women kick off against Wyong at about 9.30 in the morning. A grade against Windale at 10.45 into the three grades against Maitland. So five really cracking games. A massive day of football. Again, you know, the original Sleepy's days were three and four grades. We've now got five grades starting 9.30 in the morning through to the end of first grade at five o'clock. No better place to be. Get in early, get a good seat and uh, make the most of the day. And uh, yeah, it'll certainly be a cracker, mate. Yeah, mate, I just can't wait to be a part of it. Um, yeah, starting early at 9.30, um, the, the volunteers um, will have a fair bit of work to do, but I'm sure a lot of the boys will get around and help out where we can before game day um, or before we kick off anyway. Um, but, yeah, mate, it's such an amazing day. And if you're, if you're around, um, try and get down there because they do, they do so much work for the community. It's terrific. It certainly is, mate. Let's have a quick look at what's on the cards. As we said, uh, the washout weekend in grade this weekend. You do The women's tackle have got the buy as well, so it's a pretty quiet weekend for the South Newcastle Club. I think it's just your A grade in action, so I'm sure there'll be a few of the boys. Local derby up against Katara, mate. That'll be a nice bit of rivalry uh, for the for the A grade boys. Yeah, it will be. Um, a few of the... Well, a few, we have had a few boys from our A grade side go and play for Katara, just helping me out with some numbers and uh, they've been training together here and there, so I think it'll be a great day out for them. A lot of us will try and get down there and watch them and um, cheer them on for a win and then probably go back to the club and celebrate, hopefully. Yeah, certainly. Well, let's look at a further week ahead, mate, and get your thoughts on upcoming round 16. Uh, well, we know that South's are going to bank two points. You've got the bye, but let's have a look at the other games. Let's first go to the guys you played on the weekend. West, they host Central. West need to win to keep their finals hopes alive. Unfortunately, Central... Um, after their result on the weekend now, uh, well, with for and against taking into account, are now out of the finals race. Are West going to keep their faint pulse alive for the time being, mate, do you think? Or do you think it'll be central against uh, on the road uh, getting the two points? Yeah, look, both sides um, uh, uh, were in some good form um, over the last sort of months there. We've played both of them the last two weeks and they're both very physical and very strong up front, so... I wouldn't be surprised if it goes either way, but I think with West having their season on the line at home, I think they'll be a little bit too strong for Central. Yeah, lovely. Next up, uh, Maitland host the Northern Hawks, and a couple of weeks ago, after a couple of rough weeks for the Hawks, you would have been forgiven for just completely writing this off, but they showed some real fight against Wong before just fading in the last sort of five to ten minutes on the weekend, and we know that they'd love nothing more than to upset Maitland, but Maitland at Maitland Sports Ground are a, a very challenging prospect. Yeah, they are, mate. Um, I'm sure Matty Lantry's given them a good freshen up with the two weeks they've had off, or they're about to have off. Um, yeah, they're they're a very smart outfit at the moment, Maitland, um, and at home they're they're very hard to beat. Um, but in saying that, the Hawks they um, they put it towards us as well a few weeks ago. So 
if they can come out firing and try and match it for 80 minutes, I'm, I'm sure they'll go close. But I think Maitland at home just too hard to go past. Yeah, lovely, mate. Uh, next up on Saturday afternoon, this one's an interesting one. Cessnock, they will uh, be a little fired up after the result uh, to the entrance on the weekend up there at Baddeley Park. And they take on the other Central Coast side, the Wyong Roos. Uh, look, these two could probably do you some favours heading into the finals by beating the living daylights out of each other. And you might be potentially tempted to say if Cessnock could get a win here, uh, it might slightly help your chance of holding on to second. But mate, uh, either side wins, it keeps them nipping right at your heels. Yeah, exactly, mate. I think that's probably the game's around at the moment. Um, both sides sort of playing for that second or third spot there, and um, both sides are terrific on paper as well. Um, they've got a lot of footy in them. They're a very big side, both of them. So, like you said, hopefully they can belt the hell out of each other. Um, yeah, I'm not sure on who will, that, who will win that one. I'm sort of on the fence. I think um, Mitchie Williams and Sharpie at the back, they're very uh, they're sort of on the same page at the moment. They're, they're looking very good. So I think if they can uh, continue their combinations, I think that'll be pretty hard to beat, to be honest. Yeah, if they, um, if they fire like they did against Curry the week before, they certainly will be a challenge. Let's head to Sunday and let's talk about Curry. They have the tough trip down to the entrance. This entrance side, when they're at their best, they seem to be able to beat anyone, but then they just seem to have some lapses that they've had in the mid-season. Uh, whether they've turned the corner or not will probably be shown against Curry down at Edsac. And uh, look, again... A big challenge for Curry if they're going to try and chalk their first win here. Yeah, mate, it's a very tough road trip down the entrance. I know it's not that far, but in terms of Newcastle Rugby League, we don't really have too many um, long road trips. So um, whether Curry can overcome the road trip, I'm not too sure. They're um, they're very tough at home. They beat us at the start of the year, and like you said, they seem to be able to beat anybody on their day. So um, for Curry to, to be able to claw a win away from home. Lovely, mate. Uh, and the final game of the round. This one's very interesting. If you had have looked at it the week before last round, you would have thought Macquarie would have been very short favourites. But Lakes put on an absolute clinic. Uh, we talked about Sleepy's Day before they had their Emma's Warriors Day. Great to see the first grade players donating their match payments to that great cause and uh, some really good fundraising efforts from the club. But 54-10 to 10 over Central, that was a little bit of a shock for many, mate. Yeah, definitely. I wasn't expecting that. Um They've obviously got their own rivalry between the two clubs there and um, now a special day for Lakes as well. Um, I'm sure they'll be very pumped up for that. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, they look to be like they're on a little roll at the moment. Their combinations seem to be working. It's good to see that Tiff and Keller back playing and they look like they're playing some good footy at the moment. They certainly do. Going to be a big ass though to go over to Macquarie. I know the Macquarie boys have, have had a fair bit of injury and some suspensions, but they'll be, even though they're out of finals contention, they'll be wanting to finish with, a, a, I guess, a bit of a flurry and um, try and finish as high on the ladder as they can uh, come the end of round 18. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, obviously, at home, no one likes losing at home, so I'm sure they'll be right up for it. Um, you know, it's probably another um, little rivalry between the two clubs as well. So um, I think if Macquarie do have a few boys back, I think they'll be hard to beat at home, to be honest. Yeah, lovely, mate. Well, mate, thank you for coming on tonight. Congratulations again on the 100th game. And um, as for those who've already listened in, will um, have heard for the absolutely amazing stat line that saw you uh, top the pops, mate, and pit Mitch Black this week for the three points. Uh, mate, continuing on, good luck, I guess. Enjoy the, the couple of weeks off and looking forward to uh, seeing you chalk up game 101 in what's going to be one of the biggest games in, in recent regular season history uh, on Sleepy's Day against Maitland. Yeah, thanks for having me on, mate. Um, and like I said, if, if anyone's around on uh, on Sleepy Day, try and get down there because it is such an amazing day. And 
you haven't experienced it before, um, yeah, it's so it's so good to be a part of. And yeah, if you're around, try and get there. That's the way, mate. Well, again, thanks, RG, and uh, look forward to uh, chatting to you during the finals, mate. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. All right, time to dig into the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League. And as we make our way through the grades, it's now time to dig into the Mex Club Men's Southern Conference. And I'm chatting to a man who will be chomping at the bit for some rugby league. It's been a little while between drinks for his club with some with a cancelled round, a forfeit last round, a washout round. It's been nearly a month since they've played and they got that win in the Battle of the Bridges. And I'm speaking to none other than Morpeth Bulls player coach Hudson Bell. Hudson, welcome to League Castle. Thanks for having me, mate. No, not a problem, mate. Um, after you got the uh, bragging rights over friend of the show, Lachlan Hickey, we thought it was uh, absolute time to get you on uh, instead of going back to the well all the time and talking to Lockie. Yeah, no, it was, it was good to get that win. Um, it's always good to rub one in Hickey's face, but, you know, we'll play for it again. So, yeah, it's always a good game. It's always a cracker, that one. doesn't seem to matter where the teams are sitting. There's always – everyone seems to step up for that one. But uh, both sides are doing pretty well this year, which made it even more more uh, wetting of the appetite, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah it doesn't matter how the teams are going. Like We always turn up for it, and it's always a good game. Yeah, so. it's, it's great to see, mate. It's great when those rivalries continue to, um, you know, I guess – drift their way through time and you guys continue to be in, in similar grades and different things. I'm still not sure on the geography of uh, Hinton and Morpeth being in a Southern Conference, but anyway, we'll leave that for another conversation. Yeah. Mate, um, in terms of the club, mate, going from strength to strength, we're just talking off the air, the boys and the girls, both on top of their respective leagues. Uh, you guys are undefeated. The girls, just the one defeat in their season, mate. Uh, so 15 wins and one loss across the club for the season. That's not too shabby. It, it's very good. Um, we're only going up from last year too, so hopefully we can keep this going. But like we say to the boys each week, all after the last week that we played, um, we're only halfway done. So yeah, certainly uh, plenty, plenty to still, uh, I guess, water to go under the bridge, mate. Uh, in terms of your side, before we dig into the girls a little bit, has it been challenging, frustrating, or just something that you got to deal with in terms of the fact that you've had, you know? three weekends now without footy and it's basically been a month by the time you get to this weekend between games. Oh, yeah, of course, definitely. It's very frustrating without playing the footy, but um, you lose a lot of match fitness. Obviously, your numbers sort of drop off when um, we don't have that constant footy, but um, that's, that's the game we play, mate, and we'll come back full smack bang into it this week and take on Stockholm at home. Yeah, certainly a big weekend, and it's going to kick off with your girls. But let's talk about that, mate. Uh, just the one loss so far this season. They've gone up a grade as well. They won the C grade last year. They've gone straight into the B grade, and they haven't missed a beat. Seven wins, one loss. Uh, they're averaging less than 10 points a game conceded and scoring 25 on average. So there's some pretty pretty impressive numbers, mate, uh, especially at league tag, which tends to be a little bit lower scoring. Who's been the key to it? Is it, is it that same core of players? What What are they doing that's going so well for them? You just broke up there, sorry, mate. No, that's all right. I said, who's been the key players in terms of that team doing so well, and uh, you know what's what's been the key to them continuing that winning form from last year? The um, sort of holding a lot of the pack together that they had last year. They've got that good sort of core there. They've got a real good coach. He knows what he's doing. Nev Ritter's got a real good footy head on him, and I think all the girls just sort of chip in every week, and it's good to see. 
Yeah, well, it'll be a big game for them this weekend. First, taking on third. They need to, uh, another win to maintain that gap at the top. So they'll kick off a big day at Morpeth at 2 o'clock up against Swansea, who are always a pretty solid side. But uh, the main game, mates, it is your men's side taking on Stockton again. First versus second. So plenty of reasons to get down to uh, Morpeth this weekend. Mate, Stockton, they're in red-hot form. I think they've mercy-ruled three of their last four or four of their last five games. Yeah, they're... Um their last last couple of games, they've won by a pretty convincing margins. But um, yeah, any day down at ballparks always good, especially with the girls playing before us. You always get a massive crowd down there. It's good to see the locals come down and show their support, and it's good to know that you're playing for such a like large uh, support base. Yeah, I was um, I was down there. I think maybe round four when you took on the uh, Tall Timbers crew and. Look, no, no um, offence to them. It's a bit of a trek for them, so they didn't bring a huge number of crowd with them, but it was still standing room only around the front of the grandstand and down that uh, eastern side of the ground, mate. Uh, they certainly they pack in, and the, the canteen does a good trade, and there's a reason for that. There's some good good fare tucked away there. Um, but it's great to see that, the, you know, it almost feels like the whole, whole town comes out to support you, which is a really old-school, uh, you know, almost harks back to the, the Maitland League days. Yeah, it's, it's good, mate, to keep those old league values around the club too. Even even from the other teams coming back to the pub after the game and that sort of thing. Like, it's always good to try and keep that culture in the game. Cool. Yeah, it certainly is, mate. And in, in terms of that, um, you, you mentioned the pub there, mate. Where is the place to find everyone at 5 o'clock on Saturday after they depart Morpeth Oval? Sorry, what was that, mate? You broke up again. Uh, that's all right. A little bit of patchy reception here, mate. I apologise. So I was just saying, where, you talked about the pub. Where's where's everyone going to be heading five o'clock on Saturday to hopefully celebrate two wins for Morpeth um, and and you know commiserate the losses for those other two teams? Uh, we'll um, we'll be heading back to the Turd Tav, the Regal Inn, just at Tanamit there. We've had a, a bit of chop and changing with our pub sponsors this year, but um, going, obviously going from the Royal this year, the Turds put their hand up to have us this year, so. Yeah, it's always it's always good venue back there. They look after us, and it's still always good to get the boat race done. It certainly is, mate. We've talked a number of times on this show this year in regard to the boat races and more clubs needing to bring them back. So glad that you guys are keeping that uh, again heritage tradition alive, mate. Uh, in terms of the team this year, uh, who's been the, the surprise packets? You know, new appearances or players that have really stepped up in terms of their performances to help you to be atop the ladder at this time of the year. Um. Of sort of the same call from last year, but we've also had a lot of new faces, and I think one that's always sort of consistently leading from the middle, Jack Martin, is just an absolute machine, mate. I don't know what that bloke runs on, but I think a few more lads from anywhere else could do with a bit of it. Yeah, certainly, mate. And in terms of some of the other players, you had had some players join the club this year. You know, some bolstering. Uh, you know, I noticed uh, a couple of Forest names on the team sheet as well. Yeah, we've got Josh Embrett in. Um, Brett's just signed just recently, but Josh has been around for a couple of games. Like, if we uh, get Brett a bit fitter and cut out some of those penalties, it'll be a real force to reckon with. I feel like that, that might be a, uh, a a challenge that a number of coaches have had with <laughs> Brett. Um, mate, if you, if you get him going in the right direction, though, he's, he's a handful. Um but yeah, as you say, uh, sometimes a little, little bit of uh, constructive criticism to referees or to opposition players that uh, might go awry. Yeah, nah, look, we've got a little bit to work on, but that's across the board too, not just one player. Like we're one team, so we've got a lot to work on for this week and the rest of the comp, so... 
Yeah, and so in terms of this week, what's been the focus uh, without giving away any, any uh, trade secrets? Is it is it very much a focus on our own job and we'll just deal with what's in front of it? Or have you had a bit of a, a thought about how you approach Stockton specifically? Oh, mate, I think every sort of week we just go into the game wanting to play our footy and I don't think much is going to change for this week. We'll just, uh, we back our defence every week. Um, hopefully we can cut out a few of our penalties that we normally seem to give away because that marches everyone down the field and we just got to defend our asses off and we don't get much time with the ball but that's all on the back of our discipline. So I hope if we can cut that out and back our footy, our basic simple footy, I reckon we're pretty good at getting the job done. It's almost echoes of uh, our chat with Lachlan earlier in the year, mate. At uh, this level of footy, it is very much, if you, especially against the good sides, if you start giving them a few piggybacks, it doesn't take much before you're on the back heel def- defending, tackling your backside off, and, you, and you're cooked when you do get the chance to have the ball in hand. Yeah, exactly, mate. But um, that sort of comes with this grade of footy, but it is what it is, mate. We love playing it, so... Yeah, certainly, uh, mate. It's it's always exciting. Uh, the crowd get right behind it. Um, when the penalties go with you, they're, they're they've got your back. When the penalties go against you, they've got your back, and they're into the blokes that are now in yellow. I was going to say pink, but uh, mate, uh, that, that creates some atmosphere. But let's have a look ahead to this round, mate. Um, it is a very interesting round. Let's have a look first. Uh, we might head to the Sunday game, and and the guys were just talking about Hinton. They host West Walls End at one o'clock on Sunday. It's a tough place to go to Stewart Park and. Westy, they've been a bit up and down, mate. They, they gave you guys a bit of a run a few weeks ago uh, in one of your last games, but just the one win to their name so far this season. So you'd have to think Hinton would be pretty warm favourites at home. Yeah, I think um, especially coming off Hinton's last game, they look, I went out and watched that and they looked a little bit sloppy, but obviously they've got that game in them that they can turn on. It's just whether they will. But yeah, with Westy, they're, they're real um, sort of fly under the radar we weren't really expecting them to put up much of a fight as they did, but they nearly got all over us. So, yeah, anything could happen. Anything could happen there. I like that. Uh, let's head to the early game on Saturday. This one, mate, uh, it is sixth playing seventh. Uh, if they want to have any real chance of keeping their finals hopes alive, both teams needing to make sure that they get a win. Glendale hosting Arimba, uh, the Tall Timbers boys, uh, they come up there. This one will be an interesting one. Uh, it'll be undoubtedly pretty physical through the middle, but uh, who do you see as having the edge at Bower Oval? I reckon Glendale will get up. If they, they can get the numbers to um, to the game, when we versed them, they were real shy on numbers, but they were some big boys and they had a real bit, lot of go about them. So I think this far into the season, they might be a bit fitter and pretty dangerous, I think. Yeah, it'll be uh, certainly an interesting one. The next one, mate, this is an interesting one. It's fourth versus fifth. Both teams sitting on three wins and five losses at this point of the season. It is the uh, Waratah Mayfield side hosting East Maitland. East Maitland, hopefully, with the uh, couple of weeks off, have managed to regroup. I know they couldn't quite get the numbers together for the li- local derby on that Friday night a couple of weeks ago. Mate, um, as much as they're your rivals, you'd love to see them um, consistently competing and, and being there because those local derbies are what make local footy. Oh, it's it's always not very nice to see um, a team struggling. Just it keeps the comp alive, and like you said, the rivalries. But um, yeah, hopefully they've had that, this time off to get some numbers together. But yeah, fingers crossed for them. And who, who do you like there, mate? Waratah at home, or uh, will it be East Maitland yeah, if they get the numbers? I think Waratah will get the, the stick over them. I think East Maitland have. I think they've uh, had an injury to their five eight, and he seemed to steam around a little bit. So. That might hurt him a bit. Yeah, it's always interesting with that Waratah side, I guess, in terms of uh, what they put on the paddock. 
um, around there with the, with the different clubs. But that's sort of the, the rats and dog side, as I understand it. So they're sort of the, the semi-standalone side in that club. But they certainly have come a long way this year. Yeah, they really impressed me. Um, at the start of the year, I sort of thought, oh, didn't really know much about them or whatever. But, yeah, they um, they sort of gave us a bit of stick when we versed them. And, yeah, it was a good game. But, yeah, I think they just have the upper arm over East Maitland. Yeah, certainly, mate. I think that they uh, will head in as warm favourites, mate. Uh, at, uh, only a few rounds left, mate, as you head towards finals. Undoubtedly, you're looking towards building towards that. As you said, one more uh, rematch against the old rivals, Hinton, which will close the regular season out, mate. But uh, hopefully we're chatting to yourself or uh, Jed or maybe even the illustrious Brett Forrest uh, in the lead-up to the finals and uh, as you go deep into the season this year. But for the time being, Saturday, 2 and 3 o'clock at Morpeth Oval, mate, that's going to be the uh, the place to be before heading over to the uh, Royal Regal at Tanambit there uh, for a, a few more beverages. And the great news about a big crowd at the ground, there's plenty of space over there for a big crowd as well. Exactly, mate, exactly. It'll be a good weekend full of footy, so let's make sure we get down there and support. Lovely, mate. Well, thanks again for coming on tonight. We appreciate it and uh, all the best for the weekend. And hopefully, as I said, uh, chatting to you uh, deep in the final series. Well, that just about wraps us up for another episode of League Castle. Big thank you for tuning in. A big thanks, of course, to our guests, our returning and ever-recurring co-host Josh Spiegelman, a.k.a. The Stats Man. RG from the South Newcastle Lions, Ryan Glanville, and Hudson Bell, the player coach, from the Morpeth Bulls, giving us a snapshot into the Southern Conference and what's going on there in the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League. Thanks, of course, to our partners as well. Sharp DS, Central Coast, Shipley Meets at Rutherford. And, of course, last but not least, Lake Macquarie Forklift Services. We appreciate all that they've done to support us. Make sure to jump onto our social media, give us some feedback. Also, give us a rate and a review on your favourite podcast platform. It helps us to spread the word and grow the show, and we love to do that and grow the audience of our local rugby league competitions. Head on out this weekend and catch the action across the Central Coast Rugby League, Group 21 and the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League. Plenty of footy on, even with the week off in the uh, Denton Engineering Cup and associated competitions. Of course, the Knights are at home on Friday night as well. Get down and watch them taking on the Tigers and sell the joint out. Their last win was a 66-0 one over the Bulldogs. Don't forget that. So there's a good reason to get behind them. But, of course, thank you to you for listening in. We appreciate you coming back each week and listening to our local footy content. I'm Chris McPherson bringing you all of the local footy action, and we look forward to bringing it to you again this week coming and each week thereafter for the remainder of the season. We go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson. Runs to the line, he's got Buxton with him, it's been put on the toe, it's going to be to try, Joy Jobson's got the try, Window will get their second. You're listening to Lee Newcastle, Newcastle Hunters, Hunters Rugby League.